Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unaired, the show where we take TV shows canceled with episodes left unaired, review them, and then pitch our ideas for how we think they could have continued. I'm Ed, and friend of the show is back on, Chris Revel from Let's Chat with Chris Revel. Oh, Ed, thank you so much, and you got the name right. You said it right, and said the show name right, because I, uh, little show name changed since last time, but not too big of a difference. Yeah, and I love your new logo. It looks very nice. Thank you. Yeah, I do too. I have to say it's a... Of, of all the years, it's the first time I had a logo I actually like. <laughs> uh, I definitely sympathize with that. I'm still struggling to find one. <laughs> I like yours. Uh, I, I have a love-hate relationship with my logo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, Brian Malloy, a.k.a. Popcorn Inc., is a good guy to uh, hire. That's why uh, who did my logo. <laughs> it came out very, very good. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. And Oh, my God. So much has changed, my friend, because unaired, when did it become one of the biggest podcasts? Because it went from you had schmucks on like me to all of a sudden you had like all of Bullseye or, I'm sorry, uh, Maximum Fun on. Uh, First off, you're definitely not a schmuck. Definitely one of my favorite people to have on. And uh, yeah, uh, I just got very, very bored and was just like, you know what? I'm going to go on Twitter and just ask people and see what happens. And it happened. (laughs) I mean, I've had that experience where it's like, if anyone does a podcast, or this is relatable to anything in your life, where like, I've asked friends, like personal friends to come on the show, I've done this thing for five years, who's flat out said no, and then had people I've idolized or looked up to, or I just felt like I have no right to ever speak to, answer me on Twitter, sure, I'll give you two hours of my time. And then you're like, your friend that you've helped move, be like, no, I can't do it. Yeah, exactly. It's such a weird situation. <laughs> It, it really blows your mind. So that's why I always say ask everyone. Oh, yeah. It, it doesn't hurt to ask. So, like, why not? But, dude, Jesse Thorne is huge. Yeah, I was surprised. That was one of the most surprising. <laughs> and, and not in a bad way. I was, like, happy for you. I'm like, oh, of course, it makes perfect sense because you have such a great concept. But, like, it was just like, damn. That's like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> one of my best gets was when I had um, Rahu Kohli on. From uh, he's on iZombies and Supergirl and a bunch of good stuff. Uh, but I had gone through every proper channel I emailed, every eight manager, PR, Booker, all that crap. No response from any of those people, which is fine. It's not that's not a big deal. And then I tweeted him, and we literally he said yes. And I think we set it up with under an hour. He's like, "All right, can, I can do it, but it has to be like at two hours from now." I was like, "Okay." And my amazing wife made it work on her birthday. And um, then he talked to me for like two straight hours, and it was amazing. That was definitely one of my favorite episodes of yours. Mine too. <laughs> yeah, I love I love iZombie, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I love that show so much. It's, oh, my God. Season five. Yeah, unfortunately, the last one, but at least, at least I'll have a way to wrap it up. Kind of makes me happy because I want it to end well and then just be a show that I loved. Exactly. Like, they haven't had a terrible season at all. No, they really haven't. And they redid themselves. They really outdid themselves. With this. I like to think, Rob Thomas, man, I don't know, that poor guy, he can't break this bubble. Because all of the shows are incredible that people just, he has his fan base, but it doesn't get past that, whatever that hurdle is. I like Party Down, which is like a cult favorite. iZombie's amazing. Veronica Mars. But for some reason, it never gets over that hurdle. Yeah, it's like a blessing and a curse, though, because, like you said, we don't get any terrible seasons where they're scrounging for ideas. Yeah, absolutely. And especially on CW, where we got like shows like Arrow, where it's just kind of 
re redoing plots. Like, oh, dude, I gave up on those shows a couple years ago, and it. Eh. But good, good for the people who work on them. <laughs> yeah, it, it's good that like these types of shows are still going on, but like, yeah, I don't care. Also, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's yeah. like, good luck, guys. Yeah, speaking of shows that didn't go on, uh, so, uh, so this week we covered a series called Great Scott with an exclamation point at the end. Um, so it turns out the episode that I sent you, uh, turns out that's not the pilot. I couldn't actually find the pilot. Yeah, what a, what a weird thing. It's, it was like really hard to find. Um, anything for it. I mean, I saw the, I watched the episode, obviously you sent me, now that makes sense that it wasn't the pilot. That makes a little, but yeah, it was a hard show to find anything about besides like a little Wikipedia page. Yeah. Just the Wikipedia page in that like one episode. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a show. (laughs) Uh, so this show aired on Fox from October 4th to November 29th, 1992. It had 13 episodes made, but only, uh, let me do some quick maths, six, uh, six that aired. Seven of them were left unaired. Yeah, the episode we watched was actually the fifth episode, second to last episode that aired. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was called Stripe Gripe. <laughs> <laughs> These all have very, very bad titles, and they're all rhymes. We got Hair Scare. Choirmire, Stone Moan, and then Pyrrhic Lyric. <laughs> Do you think, you know how like puns are kind of like in at the moment or have been for a little while? You think in the 92, like rhyming was like the thing? It had to be. Yeah. That's the only, only exclamation for all of these. <laughs> like iZombie is all puns or like many of things are just like puns. But maybe that was back then it was like you tried to rhyme instead of pun. Uh, Bob's Burgers is just full of puns. Oh yeah, well I, that should have been my go-to. Uh, now you can stop me if this too T- TMI for people, but I believe on Twitter you said your dream is to have a burger appear on the Bob's Burger of the day. Uh, either that or to like make a pun for the in the intro, the shop next door where it changes every time. A legit life goal. So much so when I got to interview a few of the writers, I literally was like pitching a couple and hoping I still look every <laughs> week to see like if it would make it on there. <laughs> hoping that somebody was just like oh that's a good one yeah i'm gonna write that down because <laughs> my wife had um won this contest um you're in massachusetts you have you have lux burger it's in, there's one in springfield but it's yep, just, by the uh, hall of fame yeah it's really good but in providence they have this like whole event where they did like, a build your own burger contest and like i think 600 people entered of the five that were nominated my wife and was one of them and she won and we she won like money and stuff and she won that with this delicious burger called the figgy piggy and has kind of tell and they're like oh that's a cool name maybe we'll use it so every episode i'm like they can use it they can use it and that's like our dream come true <laughs> it's just for it to show up one day <laughs> yeah i mean the the 500 gift card to the restaurants and the burger trophy and the gigantic event wasn't enough it's got to be on bob's burgers because we just are enamoredly obsessively fanatic of that show if that happens, you need to get another burger trophy for yourself made. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I would honestly, I would cry. I would. I don't even know how to. I would even react to that. Like that would be amazing. Just like running down the streets with a bullhorn. Go to Fox, guys. <laughs> go to Fox and freeze frame on your DVR if you have it. <laughs> uh, see, I, I took you off track. I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. Um, so the show starred a young Tobey Maguire. 
<laughs> and look, he I, I I'm sure uh, everyone might be thinking this, but it proves that he can never act. <laughs> no, not at all. He um he is not a good actor. No, and he looks almost exactly the same as he did in Spider Man. But he had that stupid like '90s hair, like the faux bow call, like bowl cut slash mullet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that cracks me up. Yeah, I he's like dead behind the eyes. A little bit. He's he's a little more lanky than he was in Spider Man. Yeah, but almost exactly the same. And at the time, I used to really like those Spider Man movies. But uh, now I do not. They they have their moments, except for three. Yeah, I mean, I I guess they're fine. I just really like Homecoming. Homecoming is very good, and I guess now Spidey Verse. But I guess it's technically different. But um, but I really just I really like Tom Holland's performance as Spider Man. He's definitely even like Stan Lee came out and was just like, "This is who, like, this is the definitive live action Spider Man." It really is because it's. He's a kid. He's an actual kid. Well, that's enough of my thoughts on that. I, I have no hot takes other than he's amazing, and I cannot wait to see more of him. Yeah, and he's an actual gymnast, so he's, like, out there doing those fucking stunts. Oh, really? Yeah. I have one question for you, though. You saw Infinity War, obviously. Yes. When That scene where he's like, I don't want to go, Mr. Stark. Um, I, I like I, how he just I, went British there. I know he is British, but... <laughs> I know. Mr. Stark, I don't want to leave. Um, it, I, it reminded me of the, um, I believe an episode of Doctor Who, which I'm not terribly familiar with, but I've seen pieces of because my wife likes it. But it reminded me of a scene of Doctor Who when I think it's um, David Tennant is re- regenerating, and he's like, I don't want to go. Yes. Now, yep. Uh, <laughs> I I kind of jump around the Tennant years. I don't watch it like religiously, but every once in a while, I'm just like, you know what? I'll watch a Tennant episode. Yeah, it's a fine show. I think it has a horrible fan base, but it's a fine program. A lot of shows have gotten to be like that. Yeah. I'm even one like, of those people. <laughs> yeah, even like big things like Star Wars, the worst wow. thing about the fan base is the fan base. Like, oh my God. nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. <laughs> oh my God, that's so true. And it, it, um, yeah, I know. It's true. It, it is true. Like, I sometimes I wimps. I'm like, I like Star Wars, but I'm like, not that much as you guys. It's, it's fine. I enjoy it. Exactly. (laughs) So uh, this episode starts off with uh, Scott, the main character. He's in the driveway with his cousin, Larry. And Larry's practicing his moves because he's the mascot for the football team. The eponymous Stripes from the episode title. Mass Scott, great Scott. Come on. Yeah, how can you not? (laughs) Oh, there we go. The title is a pun. There it is. And you know what really made me mad? No Back to the Future references within this. Yeah, when I first found this show, I thought it was going to at least have something related to Back to the Future in it. Like a DeLorean in the driveway would be so out of place in 1992. Or even like if the guy from later on this episode was Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, or just, I don't know, some nod to it. Like it's clearly a, a BTF reference. Exactly. Uh, so the episode starts off with uh scott's in the driveway and he's got to move the car or he doesn't have to he wants to because he's playing basketball while his cousin's practicing and his cousin's like oh you could just move it you know the keys are in it which is a very 90s thing people just leaving shit unlocked leaving their keys in their car in suburbia yeah because it's like it's safe (laughs) even now like 
I, I park in front of my driveway for like a minute to run in and get something. I'm hitting the lock button twice. Like, oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. I've always been that way. I've had many of cars broken into in uh, various levels of wealthy areas to dangerous areas. It's just, it don't matter where you are. Exactly. So don't, I mean, hell, Toby Maguire could just hop in and move your car. <laughs> and if he does, um, he'll accidentally run his friend over because of a, was confusing to me until he started bouncing the cantaloupe that it was a dream sequence or like a fantasy sequence. Like they weren't very clear with the fantasy sequences. Yeah. So that's like the hook of this show is it has scrub style, like moments where he kind of like just imagines things. You, you know what it kind of reminded me of? Uh, did you ever, do you remember a program of around the same era, maybe within five or 10 years, I, I don't know, nineties, uh, Her- Herman's head. Yeah. It kind of has that feel. Yeah, and but I'll, I'll draw it when we get to a little bit into the episode. I have some notes I had taken that will kind of connect it all together because there's some Simpsons connection to this. I did not know that. Um, so uh, Scott, while he's having his little dream sequence where like weird porno music is playing, he's bouncing a cantaloupe to impress some cheerleaders and throwing groceries at them, and they're cheering at him. Uh, he, instead of backing up the car, pulls it forward and runs over his cousin's ankle, which only sprains it. <laughs> I, and he doesn't even go far enough to hurt him. No, and he's not going very fast either. It, yeah, it's, you know, a, a classic sitcom device. Yep. And then we cut to the anniversary party for his aunt and uncle. The cake is slightly smashed because it was part of the accident. And his aunt <laughs> is actually Deborah Jo Rupp. Uh, from that 70s show. That was, I was I wrote that down because it was kind of blurry because it looked like Kitty from that 70s show. And then um, I think, is it the mom? Looked like, um, I don't know her name off the top of my head, but she plays Carol on The Office. Uh, yep, it was, um, what's her name? Uh, Nancy Lenahan. Yeah, she's from SNL and her real life wife of uh, Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. And uh, great Scott, Michael Scott. Come on. Oh man, there's so many connections here. Yeah, I'm not going to stop Adam Scott pops in at some point, maybe. I feel like you have a cork board with red lines in your <laughs> in your room right now. It's all, this is the the West Palt theory, our version of, of Great Scott. Have you ever heard that theory that all of television takes place in the autistic boy from St. Elsewhere's Mind? I literally was just talking to my friends about this the other day. <laughs> yeah, I've gone on some rabbit holes, and it, it checks out. It checks out. Yeah, the whole uh, Tommy Westfall universe. Yeah. <laughs> that I... I, I struggled to find a pun to turn that into a segment to like connect shows, but maybe one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the the aunt and uncle uh, are a little pissed off. Understandably, you know, Scott ran over their son, and they decide, oh, you know, Scott should probably take over as the mascot. Oh, Scott, <laughs> mascot! Holy shit! Oh my god! <laughs> get, get the thread, people. <laughs> And I know it was so fucking dumb. I'm sorry. At first I was like, this show's okay. But now the more you're talking about it, I'm like, that's so stupid. That's not how it works. No, not at all. And it's, it's so nineties too. Like even down to the intro, the intro has that like, dude, did it not, it reminded me like it, it sounded like they were ripping off Alice in Chains, but then trying to make it a little more poppy and add a little Saved by the Bell baseline. Yeah. And even like the, the title cards looked very Saved by the Belly. Yeah, like the colors and like the the jumping around and the, the I don't know. Yeah, the random was, geometric shapes. 
Yeah, with like the weird little marks in them. I can't explain it, but yeah, it, it did have this really bad early '90s neon. Yeah, and then uh, after the family decides, okay, I guess Scott's gonna fill in. Uh, the his other cousin, uh, his cousin Larry's sister, runs up and goes, "Yay, Scott!" and hugs his leg, and he has like a little dream sequence where he kicks her through a window. And he does this the same exact smile he does when he's emo Peter Parker, like pointing the finger guns. Oh, we should point out that his little cousin, sister, or whatever the hell she is, is like four. <laughs> yeah, and he's like dreamy of throwing her through a window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's when it's decided. And he's, you know, walking around with a mascot suit and a guy in a bunny costume advertising condos is admiring the costume he goes oh look at all the breathing room and he takes him into his office which it's so creepy very 90s too because he was very trusting of it he's just like yeah i'll go into your office sure there's no one who knows where i am with a stranger in a costume who's clearly an alcoholic exactly that they made a reference to him being an alcoholic <laughs> and uh he's just like hey what if i pay you 20 bucks will you go be the mascot at the football game he goes yeah sure Oh, but I can't. I gotta stay here and watch the TV. The locks don't work. And Scott's like, Psh, "Don't, don't worry. I got you handled." Oh my God! Now, I, now I will stay in your unlocked apartment, stranger. While you go pretend. Yeah, I don't know. And he's apparently a gymnast out of nowhere. Yeah, apparently, because we find out later that uh, his dad videotaped the whole thing. And they get home. There's like Scott. You did so great. He's like, "Really? I did." And he shows him doing like backflips handstands catching cheerleaders and he's just like oh well i guess i gotta go uh hire this guy again and the next morning everybody's just like "Ooh, scott are you ready and they're just like oh yeah i'm ready his mom makes him some tiger shaped pancakes <laughs> which are very detailed they were very good kitty did a good job so she's like just the sitcom mom i guess oh she's 100 percent the sitcom mom yeah, she's a great actress. She is. This show has some surprisingly decent actors and actresses in it. You know, I saw, well, the YouTube thing kept saying Emily Proctor. I looked it up and it was, um, she's uncredited, but she's on uh, West Wing. I, I think she's probably on something else that's much more popular now. Uh, NCI Miami S something. I don't know. Criminal Minds, Undercover Miami, one of those procedural shows. I think it's Criminal Minds because my girlfriend watches that religiously. Okay. And like... Uh, that name is like flashing in my head right now from the intro. She's in um like the golden era age of uh, West Wing, so I was like, oh, I, I recognize her. And Kevin Conley is he somebody? The cousin? Yeah, he's um on Entourage. Who's he on Entourage? Oh God, hold on one second. Let me find this. I did not really like that show. I didn't yeah. hate it. I just didn't love it. I was never a fan. Um, I didn't have. I also didn't have HBO at the time, so I think maybe it was my resentment of not being able to watch it. <laughs> He was Eric on Entourage. Oh, E? Yeah. Oh, all right. Oh, apparently he also directed the uh, John Travolta film Gotti. Well, that is a path we should explore. <laughs> <laughs> wow, and and that's the one. That's the uh, movie that Movie Pass, which I don't think exists anymore, um, made. Yeah, and uh, has a zero percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Which, Rotten Tomatoes is garbage. you got to go to Metacritic, where I'm sure it's 0% there. Or yep. even negative. Uh, I kind of want to see that movie to see how bad it was. It's it's like one of those things where I'm 
debating. Oh, hey, uh, he also guest starred on Wings and ER. I have the oh, wow. Wikipedia page up. <laughs> Those yeah. were some good shows to, well, at least ER was pretty popular at the time. Yeah. Still was up until John Stamos got there, and then he revitalized it, and then it got canceled. <laughs> yeah, actually, I missed ER. I wasn't. I missed that one completely. Yeah, I try to get into it like every once in a while, and it just doesn't doesn't hold me. Yeah, I was just a little too young. Yeah, and then it's like a very even. It feels cliched because all of the medical shows borrowed from it. Yeah. It's like going back and watching it without having watched it first. Is, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. a little, little bit of a struggle. But it does take uh, it does take place in the same universe as Friends. That's true, because the doctors uh, that George Clooney and I forget which other one show up on Friends to date Yeah, Monica and it, uh, Rachel. Rachel, and then uh, Mad About You, too. They were... Um, a little fun trivia, which I'll reference this amazing book by Jennifer Armstrong, I believe her name is. She wrote this book called Seinfeldia, which if you're a Seinfeld fanatic, you have to read. It's amazing, which is where I kind of actually where I heard about Great Scott. Um, so it does tie in. Uh, but um, in the book, it talked about how NBC wanted to do a big crossover event where all the shows would cross over. And Seinfeld was so powerful at the time. And they said no. So they're the only ones who don't don't do it. And like they, the network was just like, whatever, you can do whatever you want. So, but friends, mad about you and um, ER all end up doing this crossover that Seinfeld was supposed to be a part of. Yeah, and um, mad about you has even more of a connection because. Um, oh, Lisa, is it Fe- Phoebe yeah. Ursula? Right. Yeah, Lisa Kudrow played Ursula yeah. on Mad About You, and they're just like make that a character on Friends. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's right. She of all the. Friends from Friends, she's the one I like the best because uh, she did this short-lived HBO show that then did a season like a decade later called The Comeback, which I cannot recommend enough to anyone who has it. It's she's like a washed-up sitcom star who is trying to have her comeback into the industry, and it's like a docu series, kind of like a Curb Your Enthusiasm or like this very awkward like before all of that, and it, it's one of the funniest, funniest fucking things I've ever watched. I have to check that out. Yeah, it's it's actually good. And then, like, I think 10 years later, they just did season two maybe two years ago. Or maybe 10 or 20 years. I don't know. The, but there's a, a large gap. Because it was, like, a one-season show, but it's, like, perfect. And it's just such satire on that whole industry. I know um, Matt LeBlanc did something similar with uh, Extras, where it's kind of like a... Oh, is that's supposed to be good, right? Yeah, that's what I've heard. Do I heard him on um, the awards chatter podcast uh, by the uh, that the Hollywood Reporter has, mm-hmm. which is a very good podcast. Um, his voice fucking blew my mind. He doesn't sound like Joey. He's kind of got like a gruff blue collar New England voice. Yeah, I think he had that Billy Joel thing happen where like just as he aged, it just got. Oh my god! Yeah, it was like uh, you know, so I gotta go outside and you know, I gotta, I gotta fix my roof, you know. Yeah, he just must have ate glass or something. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so nothing really great happens in this episode. It's 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 not it's not good. I'm sorry. It is not good. It's actually bad Scott. <laughs> it is bad Scott. I actually had a question for you. Yes. Um so I don't want to blame the people who make this because it is nineteen ninety two. I wish I, I do have a computer in front of me, but I'm not gonna touch it. I want it it kinda had this feeling like they were trying to do what Malcolm in the middle would become a little bit. 
like with the sequ- the, the the fantasy sequences, except the fantasy sequences in the show weren't that good. They were all like very what you would they weren't outlandish and they were just a little too eh, you know. Yeah, and but it I, didn't really differentiate it from what was actually happening. It just jumped into it. Yeah, like, I was like, "Oh, wait, those girls are there. Where do they come from?" Exactly. Like at least with like Scrubs and Malcolm in the Middle, there's like a little like white flash to indicate yes. they're going into that. Yeah, or like or in Sopranos where they would do it and then then something and the scene would be so out of the ordinary like, "Oh, okay, there's a a, a dead body who's now talking to me or a, a talking fish or like, you know, what good art would do to like let the viewer know that things are not what they seem." Right. The only time we get that in this episode is when he uh goes back to uh, the guy that he gave the suit to and finds out he's been fired and then the tiger head growls at him. Oh, that was weird. Yeah. It was just so... and then oh, Or the fantasy sequence when he tells the whole school that it wasn't him. Like, this whole premise of the show is putting so much pressure on mascots but nobody cares. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally nobody gives a shit who the mascot is. Like, like... You don't, and that's what's like the weird thing about the plot episode. It's like, oh, you hurt your cousin. It, it's like the Santa Claus movies. At least those are sweet. It's like, well, you run over your cousin with a car, then you have to be the mascot. We call that the mascot clause. I got nothing. <laughs> the mask clause. <laughs> ah, there it is. There it is. That's why. That's why you're the host. Yeah, I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I got very, very overtired once. Uh, I think I'd been up for like 24 or 25 hours and I got this idea and I started writing it uh, a crossover between the Santa Claus and the Paul Blart Malkoff series. Oh, <laughs> dude, that would be incredible. Yeah. And it's going to end with him uh, leading the reindeer, but they're pulling his Segway instead of a sleigh. <laughs> You're a fucking genius. <laughs> I would not call myself a genius. <laughs> I, I'm I'm going on here. Uh, the record here, Ed. Uh, not all heroes wear capes. But Paul Blart, but pa- you, <laughs> you, but you for thinking of this. Damn. Yeah. Goddamn. I think I'm like ten pages into it. <laughs> if you can find a way to bring an Adam Sandler character to pop up, then you just really did it. And he's got to do the old school '90s Adam Sandler voice to like, I'm Adam Sandler. <laughs> what if you bring like little Nikki into it somehow oh into the God. fold? <laughs> Hey guys, what's that segue? That's a setup for the sequel. <laughs> when hell freezes over, cause of Santa. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you just wrote the, the tagline for it. <laughs> Do we just make a new podcast where we just cross over movie universes and make up good taglines? And every episode is just a sequel to the last episode, <laughs> and it just ends with "This time it's personal." <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> that would have made it more interesting if he couldn't get the suit off afterwards and he actually turned into an actual tiger. That would have been great, but no. They had all this, and maybe because it is 1992, um, so I give him credit for they are they are playing with the format. I mean, what is I don't know what is popular in 1992, but it is before the second, like this iteration of the golden age of television like this is still pre-seinfeld or maybe seinfeld's around the same time yeah i think seinfeld is just like hitting its stride at this point yeah and that's what i learned and since this, the plot is useless uh, <laughs> uh, in the book seinfeldia um it talks about 
Jerry Seinfeld. I didn't. I couldn't find it to confirm this online, but apparently Jerry Seinfeld liked the show enough to do a guest star spot on it, and um, which I didn't see anywhere. But then um, two writers, Matt Pross, I think, and Tom Gamble, um, who wrote for Great Scott, Seinfeld really liked them from working on the episode, and he's like, "Yeah, oh, this got canceled. Come work for us." Gets canceled, and then they go to work for the fucking Seinfeld. That is a glow up right there. Yeah, and if you want to get more upset about that, then they also, and still currently, according to IMDb, work on The Simpsons. You know, that's not so terrible. They've worked on Seinfeld, The Simpsons, and one of them, I forgot, had credits on, like, Fuller House and, like, all these various things. Like, But it kind of gave me a more clear idea of, like, genius, you know, like, you could... You just have no idea if something's going to be good because on on paper this should have been a good show. You have great actors minus Tobey Maguire. <laughs> uh, you have a you know a pretty good premise, you know, and then you have like writers who wrote for um, it's the Gary Shandling show. They wrote before this. They were on like and that was like one of those sitcom. That's like you know changed the format. But like in some of the interviews in Seinfeldia, it touched upon not so much about Great Scott, but just like at all like a lot of the sitcom writers were like frustrated working on shows like this because they're so confined to this sitcom structure and Seinfeld is what breaks that mold and the book makes an argument that without Seinfeld there is no Sopranos there is no re all the crazy shit that happens in television because Seinfeld is like the first mainstream show to really just completely destroy the format of its time yeah especially with like just sitcom characters in general like they're terrible people yeah. And there's no resolution to anything at the end. Like, there's no consequences, except for the, the finale, but... Ugh. Yeah, no hugging, no learning is, like, their whole, is the whole point of that. Yeah, and without that, we wouldn't have shows like It's Always Sunny. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it really kind of... Because it, it kicks everything off. So, I can't recommend that book enough. It is amazing. I got it for Christmas, and it's, it's amazing. I absolutely love it. It's definitely on my list. Next time I'm at Barnes & Noble, I have to pick it up. Yeah. I flew through it. Like I was reading like, and it goes really fast and it gets into everything. And um, it's funny. It is so funny to see this like through line of all these canceled pilots and shows that they'll bring up. Like at one point in the book, they'll just list everything else that went up. Like they would put after Seinfeld and all of it got canceled. Like Veronica's closet or stuff like that, that no one remembers. You know, that's, I'm gonna, I definitely have to pick up that book for research now. <laughs> Yeah, there's like it's kind of funny and just stuff like that. You're like, oh yeah, and and you know, did you did you know this show aired? I did not. This show, yeah, it aired. No, but did did you know? Like, were you were you like? Did you happen to be the one person who watched it in 1992 and forgot about it? Oh no, I was two years before being born at that point. That would probably be hard for you. A little bit, yeah. just a little bit. <laughs> you're, you're, you're maybe your parents are like, all right. No kids, let's watch some great Scott. <laughs> and then somehow I, it, the knowledge was absorbed into me. Through osmosis? <laughs> Through osmosis. Yeah. I don't know how old I was in 92, but old enough to not know this existed. <laughs> yeah, there's very there's a few shows that I actually did watch when they were on the air that we've covered. Uh, there's a Matthew Perry one. I forget what it was. Um, he had a lot, right? Didn't... He had a lot. It was um, Mr. Sunshine. Never heard of it. Yeah, it was on ABC. He was uh, like a marketing manager for a stadium or something like that. Mm. Yeah, and then there was Father of the Pride I actually watched, which I should not have. That was, um, 
it was around the time of Shrek because they I think they did put a donkey cameo in it. Yeah, because I was looking through like your list of episodes you've done, and I was like, I don't think I even saw most of those. Were nothing I saw when they aired. They were all things I would have learned about afterwards. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's a weird like situation when you're just like, oh my god, I did see this. Like, oh, I think I sent you there's like that alien show that I always had these fond these f- fake memories of. That I can never figure it out, and I finally figured out what it was. And I was like, oh yeah. And it turned out the guy <laughs> who created it is like now like a satirical writer for the New Yorker. And I was like, wow, what a turn. <laughs> Yeah, I remember you were just like in all caps, like, I knew it existed. It's <laughs> like, only one person will understand this, Ed. <laughs> That's why we get along, because yeah. we're the only, exactly. only two people who cared about that, my alien family on ABC in 19-whatever. Exactly. Because I thought it was a dream. Oh, man, there's a couple shows like that where I'm like, did that happen? It's mostly kids shows. Yeah, well, Teen Angel is one of those shows I thought I made up, and then... I talked to a writer from that show, oddly enough. And that's another thing I've been learning. It seems like everyone who works on The Simpsons worked on like the worst shows before that. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that, that, that was a Mike Reese. Another book is everyone should get Springfield Confidential. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Reese and Al Jean made that show. And uh, Michael Price, who I had gotten to interview, worked on Teen Angel. And then he, he told me a story. He was working on the Joan Cusack show. And then it got canceled. Then he got hired to The Simpsons. And now he's been on The Simpsons for since like season 14 or 15 so i mean he's that guy's got at least 17 years of simpsons under his belt yeah damn good for him exactly it's all these people that get on these big shows they're they gotta get through a few uh stinkers first yeah you gotta do some uh some you gotta do great scott exactly so why do you think toby Maguire kept keeps getting cast because we have um eric foreman who's that actor who looks exactly like him Topher Grace. Yeah, I mean, you have him. Do we need two of the uh, dead behind the eye white guys? No, not really, as definitely evidenced by Spider-Man 3. Yeah, I mean, Topher, actually, I think Topher is a little bit a better of an actor. He is. But I... His, sitcom, his sitcoms I actually enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> I used to really like that 70s show, and then I just kind of stopped. And then it's not one that I've gone back to rediscover. Yeah, that uh, for a while that was my show that I would put on to go to sleep to oh, because yeah, I've yeah. seen it so many times. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, so this episode, basically, the rest of the episode is just he uh, goes finds out the guy got fired. Um, then he's like, "Oh shit! Like, what do I do?" And the guy still shows up and drunk does the whole yeah he shows up drunk and does the whole mascot thing. And for some reason, Scott's already there, but he decides not to stay. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah, this would have avoided so many issues. But uh, he finds out later when the cops are at his house that this dude was like dropping people, throwing people, punching kids in the face. And then he mooned the audience. <laughs> Again, and- so weird. Why would that happen? And then the cops are like, all right, let's let him leave. And then we'll go to whose house we think it is. Like, exactly. Why not just grab the person in the fisticuffs? <laughs> right. You would think somebody would have called the cops at that point. Oh wait, ninety two, no cell phones. Yeah, but you think they gotta have at least a pay phone. That's true. But yeah, and uh, the cop was just like, "Oh, it turns out it's not him." And starts laughing. That was the at thing. The whole situation. Like you could tell there was a joke that they should have cut to, and they forgot to tell it. Let us in on it. Like what's so funny about it? Like. 
that it wasn't him. Like, I don't understand that. It's like, well, clearly it was a case of, I, I don't know. It was such a bad joke that they, they, they really, they really dropped it. I'm glad I, you know, yeah, e- glad I got canceled. It sucked. Yeah. Even if it was just like, oh, he's got a mole on his ass that the uh, tiger had. Yes. The tiger didn't have. Something like that. Oh, and then the flip, and then the the big kicker at the end is that uh, his friend, his cousin, gets to be the mascot. But then they have new rules where you have to have your face showing at all times. Yep, and his uh, mascot costume is just like paint? orange shorts, orange t shirt, latex gloves that are painted. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, they really rely on mascot humor here. Yeah. It's uh not great, and then we find out that uh, the guy stole the mascot costume and went to jail, and they for some reason let him keep it. Oh, that was so weird. I mean, I guess like for story mechanics, it like made a little sense, but it was still like you go to jail for like you don't go to jail for stealing in a costume and fighting high school kids. Oh, you probably do. Yeah, <laughs> forgot about the fighting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he probably did too. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, that is uh, that is great, Scott. Uh, we're gonna take a quick little break, and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Drew. I'm Nate, and I'm Tanner, and we are the hosts of Headline Heroes. Every week, we take a bizarre, out there article. Germans build underground pipeline for beer. An attempt to create a superhero or villain. The obvious one is that they have a giant robot that runs off of beer. Along the way, we discuss powers, design a costume, and of course, struggle with a name. Graham Graham Sam Sam? No, no. <laughs> Graham Graham Sam Sam? No. And inevitably, we get off subject and talk about the really important stuff. I did go to Bill Engvall's website and i just want to tell you a couple of things that i'm seeing here. please do i wish you would but we always arrive with the super creation we are proud of join headline heroes every tuesday as we try to make reality a little more super so chris uh had this godforsaken show continued what kind of episodes do you think we would have seen uh more crap <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong um unless they got the creatives to actually get, allow them to do what they wanted to do um, I think it could have turned into what would have become like a more Malcolm the Middle, Herman's Head, or uh, even like Scrubs. Like that could have really. I, I think there was something there. Uh, maybe because it wasn't the pilot, but I just didn't feel any connection to the characters. But yeah, I think it would have been a middle of the road sitcom where I bet the creative forces behind it really wanted to do something special, and the network said no. It kind of felt like a watered down good idea. Yeah, I, I feel like. One way they could have done it is if they really leaned into the fact that he has these, like, imaginations and dream sequences. Like, I know they went kind of heavy on it, but they didn't do it very well. They were so stupid realistic. And at least, like, when he was bouncing the cantaloupe and throwing the eggs, you're like, oh, okay, we're going to play with, like, the laws of physics and, like, reality. And, like, you don't have to go, like, crazy, like, scrubs, but, like, just a little bit more, like, fantasy, fantasy, like... But like I don't know, just something I don't just some something that like you would think of times five, like not right. not just think of a scenario that could happen, but more of like could happen. Turn up to ten. Exactly. That's all I would see. I feel to. like if this had been the pilot, they could have toyed around with that uh that drunk guy character. I feel like maybe they could have made him like a figment of scott's imagination kind of like they were planning to do with the janitor on scrubs 
Yes. And maybe make him a recurring character. Yeah, like, I wonder if we see this guy again. Like, the whole thing that he... I don't know. So, like, if they were going to go forward, I would hope that maybe we get some relationship with this guy. He gets out of jail and comes after him. Or, like, the the stakes are very low and there's little no consequences and nothing happened. Exactly. And it was, like, trying to be a parody of, like, the 50s while simultaneously being a show for the 50s. Yeah, pretty much. Like, the plot line is straight out of the 50s. Yeah. So I, I respect them going for it, and if that pushed the needle forward a little bit to give us good stuff, I'll take it. But again, why do people keep po- – why do they think we should keep casting Tobey Maguire? Like, who's like, this is our guy? Who cannot have any emotions? And 100% honest, I could not tell you what he looked like. I could not pick him out of the lineup. He is the most vanilla-looking motherfucker in the world. Like, <laughs> I just I, – he just, he just looks like – if you had to, like, think of a generic white guy – like. Like me, a white guy with brown hair in shape. It's Tobey Maguire. Like he just looks like everybody. Yeah, he's got that face. Like that. Yeah, I'm like, is he Seabiscuit or is he Air- or is he on that '70s show? I don't know. Seabiscuit <laughs> was the horse, so I appreciate the fact that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if he's is a he horse. Is he the guy or was he the I'm horse? I'm not sure who's. I can't tell. Yeah, is a horse riding a person or a person riding a horse? Nobody knows. <laughs> Yeah, the horse does have brown fur. Oh my god, so. they're indistinguishable. <laughs> what about you? Like, what would you do if it? Like, what would you have wanted to see if there was a? I guess we don't even go season two. We're gonna see episode seven. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I was saying, like I feel like they need to give him like a sidekick, like an imaginary type sidekick, kind of like a Calvin and Hobbes type thing, where like they go on adventures. Oh, that would be kind of cool, or like um. Yeah, and maybe more of an ensemble, because it was just weird. It's about great Scott, and like maybe we saw other episodes. Like it'd be nice if he has like a weird guy that only he knows. If it like, or that character like use him again. I don't know. Like you're saying, like I'm I'm with you on that one. That because it did seem like the show was like him and his cousin, and then everything else was just a bunch of characters we would never see again. Yeah, I feel like series finale wise, it would have been fun if they uh. I don't remember when Fight Club came out. It was probably around the time this would have ended. No, isn't Fight Club like, oh, yeah. Never saw it, but I've heard it's good. It's pretty good. Uh, But I feel like they could have toyed around. Oh, then I can't do this because this is spoil something. What, Fight Club? Yeah. Well, I know the ending. I mean, it's. Oh, okay. So you know the ending. Oh, my God. No, you're wrong. Fight Club's not till 1999. Oh, well, this show. Wow. (laughs) My ending would require this show to either base itself off the book. Or keep going until 1999. Do you want to know what happens if you're typing Fight Club on Google? Top story. Criminal charges dropped against teacher who supervised preschool Fight Club. That is amazing. St. Louis daycare workers accused of running toddler <laughs> Fight Club. See, there's like three of them and one St. Louis, one's like in Philadelphia. Wow. What mental disorder does Tyler Durden have in Fight Club? Spoiler alert. <laughs> is it like kind of like an okay movie that people like the wrong people like too much? I mean, it's pretty good. It's not like greatest movie of all time. I, I think I missed the boat. And yeah, and if you know the twist, it kind of takes away from it a little bit. Yeah, I just don't care about it. It's been too long. Yeah. So my ending would have been like that guy, the drunk guy. Turns out he's actually like we already know he's a figment of Scott's imagination. But it's actually Scott's, like, he's manifesting that into, like, his own separate personality. Like, the thing, like, him 
being the mascot. Like, mm. he actually would have been the mascot thinking that it was this drunk guy doing it. So And, like, maybe it just ends with him in a straitjacket imagining all of this. So this kind of makes me want to build on off of this and something else you said. What if he ends up being Tyler Durden pre-Fight Club? <laughs> or like, like in Glass, which I imagine that's what Glass is about, which I have not seen yet. But, like, what if this is, like, the prequel to Fight Club? <laughs> like, he... <laughs> He grows up to be Tyler Durden. Yeah. <laughs> it would make sense. He just changes his name. He gets better looking in a personality. <laughs> yeah. Turns into Edward Norton, who then turns into Mark Ruffalo. So it's Great Scott Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs> or fight. We, we do Fight Club, but we put the exclamation point at the end. <laughs> great Scott Fight Club, or is it Fight Club, Great Scott? No, Great Fight Club, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> that really changes everything. The sequel series. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I'm sad thinking about those fight clubs with the little kids. Yeah. I'm not going to click those because I guarantee the article is something completely different. It It's really, but clickbait gets me every time, man. Yeah, it's it's a problem. Like, I need to know. <laughs> Why won't Hollywood cast uh, Tobey Maguire anymore? <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's because he's terrible. Did you see that? Because I guys watch on YouTube all the side videos. It was just like... Why Hollywood won't cast Toby McGuire? And I really, oh my god, I hate those. I really wanted to watch it because I gotta know. I gotta know. <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> they come up and they're always so stupid. It's just like, why won't Hollywood cast Allison Hannigan again? At the end of the video, it's just like, oh, she just doesn't want to do anything. She wants to spend time with her family. Yeah, it's, you could. I, I could have read that. Like, uh, yeah, it's like, and they ask if, if Hollywood is it like the mayor of Hollywood cast one person. I'm like, I don't know. There's a lot of factors why people don't do things, and they. Just because you don't see people doing them doesn't mean they do. Like, if you go do a play, I, I don't know that. Unless, hell, and there's so many TV shows on nowadays. Like, you could be the star of a huge sitcom that I will never see that millions of people watch, Big Bang Theory. Exactly. Which I've never actually watched. I just assume I'll hate it. Yeah, it's not It's not good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I hate Jim Parsons so much. I don't know why. Sometimes I just pick random actors to hate, and like him and Josh Gad, I just for some reason despise. I mean, you always got to have somebody in that role. Yeah. I just, I can't handle, I can't handle anyone from that show. Kaylee Coco, I'm sure she's fine, but I kind of don't like her either. I hate all of them, except David from Roseanne. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Jonathan Galecki. Johnny Galecki. Yeah. Yep. Which the Roseanne reboot was actually pretty good. Yeah. Not. I, I watched a few episodes of the Connors. Wasn't terrible. That's what it's called. Yeah. I, I So for, I'm way late to the game, but I just watched the Gilmore Girls or Gilmore Girls for the first time, which is mm -hmm. great. And then, so, of course, I got to watch the Netflix reboot. And I wish Roseanne did what net what they did like what what they did with Gilmore Girls, where you took the same show and then it's completely like a different style. It was almost a different show, but with characters you love. And the Roseanne Ruby was just kind of like the exact same show, modernized. Now with the Gilmore Girls, do they still talk a mile a minute? Yes. You know, I realized okay. that I hated that show because of a Mad TV sketch, and I confused it with the actual show. But I watched <laughs> Miss Maisel like a lot and fell in love. I was like, I guess I should check out Gilmore Girls and it's really good. Eh, I, I can't get into it. That fast talking is just so unrealistic to me. Yeah. And that's fine. That if you ever do, you can skip all of them and just go to the Netflix reboots and it's magical. And it's, it kind of shows the aesthetic that lays out for the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. That's another one I have to give a shot. It's the marvelous Miss Maisel. Really good. Like possibly one of the best shows I've watched in my entire life. Good. 
Yeah, that's uh, Amazon, right? Yeah, and the, the stand-up is amazing. The writing, the the style, like it's. Um, we're not at a Maisel podcast, but it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's going to do that for this episode. Um, thanks again for coming on, oh, Chris. No, thank you so much. This is great. I was in a podcasting funk of not recording for a while, so it felt good to get back out there. So if people want to find you and your show. Yes. Uh, Let's Chat with Chris Revel. I am on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Let's Chat Podcast. And uh, my email is Let's Chat Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, please write to me and I might write back. We'll see. Uh, and um, <laughs> you can hear me on Unaired in a previous episode. But more importantly, you could hear Ed talk about things about TV shows that aired on my show when we were on um, whenever that was few well it will be only a few episodes back if you look at the feed varying on when you listen to this <laughs> yeah that was uh summer of last year i think wow you know what's weird in my head it was like a week ago yeah that's it's so weird looking back and you're just like even like with my show i'll be like <clears throat> oh my god that was four years ago i did that oh my god i constantly think that it's like 2009 in my head yeah, I, I'm the same way. Like when someone says ten years ago, like they joke about it. Like, oh, it's not the '90s anymore. I still do that. Like oh, ten years I, ago, I still think I reference. I'm like, oh, oh, it's 2019. Oh my god, I graduated college ten years ago. Like it just, I know, I know. I'm perpetually like thinking about all these life moments, like as if we're still like in 2013 or something. Yep, <laughs> I know. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for coming on, and uh, I'll definitely be doing your show again. Yes, we are going to do that in March or April. Um, uh, this My landlord right here. Uh, yes, my wife and I, I are in the process of buying a house, so that's not going to have to pause for like a month because of I can't afford new equipment right now because yeah. uh, the bank has to look at everything I buy for the next month. <laughs> I'm going to have a podcast studio for the first time in my life. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, well, it's going to be a, a office, but I just don't have to set up and break down my equipment every time, which is going to be a game changer. That's definitely definitely a good thing. I, I just moved... Uh, last time we talked, I just moved everything into my basement. I moved it back up because I moved my bedroom into my basement because we have a wood heater down there. <laughs> so so now I have a s- separate room for my uh, podcasting stuff. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And just remember, some things are better left unaired. Bye. Hello, I am Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. And we are the hosts of Journey Under 30. This is a podcast all about us doing what we can to be named in a future Forbes 30 Under 30. On each episode, we take a look at a career of an individual that has been recognized by Forbes. Sometimes we look at careers that we think were overlooked. Or sometimes we talk about the careers that you may not know about, but you should. And in the end, we discuss what we've learned as well as how we can apply to our own career paths as we make our mark in this world. So join us every other Tuesday on whatever podcatching app you choose, and we'll see you on the Forbes. See ya. Bye-bye now.